welcome to With All Due Respect. This is Chef, and as always, when listening to our podcast, um, be sure to follow us on Anchor. Um, subscribe to us on all, all the outlets that provide podcasts, because we're on all of them. Uh, we are now at episode 150, and this is a definitely, you know, keep listening. This is definitely a 150 um, episode-worthy episode. Our first milestone, gentlemen, let's clap it up for ourselves real quick, because, you know, it's a big deal. Put me on the spot there, huh? Yeah, I'm clapping. It's cool. But, um... All right, give it up. Give it, so, are we really gonna call this 150? Is it 150 worthy? I think so. I already said it, man. It's already on wax. Okay, all right. The asking for a friend. The asking for a friend sells it. The asking for a friend makes it 150 worthy, I believe. All right. Going back to our roots, gentlemen. Well, with the white voice, what up? Five thousand North South Florida. It's your boy, J. Joe. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a strong rhyme to step to. You're J. John now, by the way. I don't like the way you say it. <laughs> With your white voice. <laughs> it makes it dirtier than it has to be. Didn't make it didn't make it die. You just stopped talking. <laughs> Nah, that nigga frozen. <laughs> Who me? Oh, you. <laughs> yeah, you. This is this is your part. My fault. But yeah, we're on episode one fifty. Um, but how? I know we didn't pod last week. Or the week before that. Or the week before that. Or the week before that. I thought we maybe we didn't. But um, you know, how's everybody been doing? No, bro, you had no, a whole bro. like brought a life into the world. Go. Yeah, we didn't we didn't pod because Chef had the baby. (laughs) I don't have an air horn. I'm sorry. He keeps freezing. The baby is taking like all his all his internet connection. Nigga need to reset his router. Right. And it's frozen like real weak. Like this picture he has, like I don't know what's on the face. This nigga would freeze on episode 150. Right. Oh lord. So anyway, while we wait for this nigga to unfuck himself, what else happened? What else happened in the in the void? We had homecoming. What's up? How how did homecoming go, JJ? Uh homecoming was sweet as full, first of all. Um see so yeah, man made it back to the Highest of Seven Hills, FAMU, homecoming. Um, it was real cool, man. The, the weather was damn near perfect. It was nice autumn breeze. Y'all know I say autumn instead of fall because it's fancier. Just like I say clitoris instead of clitoris because it's fancier. I'm a fancy-ass nigga. Um, first of all, like, people look good. Like, motherfuckers are drinking their water, eating their pineapples, listening to their Erica Badu. Uh, whatever they need to do to stay good, but um, everybody's at clear skin, look good. Um, I want to like, uh, so we're in a weird age where it's like the youngest at the old school party, but like the oldest at the, like the my, young. Dude, can you hear me? Uh, it's okay. Not not nigga with a shit on me. Right, no, it's okay. We, we moved on, so we're talking about homecoming. No, 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 we're talking about your baby, dog. Talk about your baby, your sweet. sweet. No, no, go ahead. I just huh. got my stuff. I, I go last. Go ahead. You're talking. Um. All right. 
So, anyways, skin and pineapples and age. Yes, yes. Being, being right, being in a in a weird little part of like homecoming. Like you're not old enough to wear like leather alumni hats, but like you still wear jeans that like fit and don't hug your balls. So, um, but talking about fashion, uh, FAMU has really cool like paraphernalia not like really out the bookstore but like it's so many creative people made like t-shirts sweatshirts um family motherfuckers definitely bought every pair of orange and green or green and orange combo tennis shoes so like it was definitely like a fucking uh shoe fest out that bitch but um everybody looked good everybody was clean um I ended up doing a lot of shit that I regularly didn't do. I went to convocation because Roy Wood Jr., uh, a lot of motherfuckers doing from the Daily Show. I know him from working at fucking, what was it, not Old Country Buffet, Golden Corral in Tallahassee. Um, but he gave the uh, the speech at convocation. That nigga killed that shit. Like, if it's online, y'all should try to watch it. Um it was just a cool full circle moment. He talked about how he almost got kicked out of FAMU, but uh, for stealing jeans out of Burdines. But you know, <laughs> he got a he got a lot of letters from like his parents, uh, friends, and like professors. Uh, but the nigga could only go to class and like not do any other extracurricular activities. Um, but everything was uh, humorous, and it was really cool to hear that story. Um, besides that, um, tailgate was cool, snuck in the game per usual, you know what I'm saying? Niggas still can't hold me back. <laughs> um, are you still sneaking into the game? Yes, nigga. What do you mean? Uh, I showed nigga my rattler call from 74. Um, <laughs> <laughs> went to lunch, man, me and, uh, 5,000, you know, with DJ Artistic. You might know him from Insecure DJ. We know him from the frat house. Um, uh, but like all three of us, you know, did our thing, man. So overall, great time. Uh, did you die at all? Did you die and come back at all? Or? Yeah. So a couple. If you want to hear my die stories, if that's what you want, uh, one I want to hear your die stories and a cry story as well. Uh, I didn't cry this weekend. Oh, you didn't cry? I think, I think you got to. I think you got to tell the McDonald's story. Right. So I have two McDonald's stories actually. So. <laughs> I, um, the first one was Friday night. I ended up like after the party. I don't know why I ended up went to McDonald's, but I went to McDonald's. Then they locked the doors, and then I woke up and it was chicken nuggets in front of me. Uh, I fell asleep in the McDonald's in the seat. All right, all right, five thousand. Even though all the story, I ate. I ate those nuggets. Hopefully they were mine. And I left by the motherfucker before me, uh, but I fucked up the nuggets and. Another night, I was like outside of McDonald's <laughs> with twenty dollars, trying to buy a nigga's fry, try to buy some fries for twenty dollars out the drive through. But the nigga was an asshole. But uh, yeah, good times, man. You know they try to kill me, but I always come back. So, so why were you doing that? Were they out of fries? Don't worry, or you about, just don't worry to... about it. Chill out. Nah, we we couldn't we couldn't go in. We went in the car, so I just had to stand outside of the. Fucking, the drive, drive through, saying like, <laughs> trying to hey, broker a deal. Hey, hey bro, nigga, twenty dollars for some a large fry, nigga. I mean, that sounds like a everybody's 
you know, coming uppings, nigga. But, you know. I'd have gave you them fucking fries, boy. Quit. Right, nigga. You know what I'm saying? They they was not enterprising at all. I would have came up fries so quick. Right. Uh, Dub, nigga? Come on. Easy money. Easy money. Very easy money. But, yeah, that was, uh, had a great homecoming experience. Oh, end up going to a, a, so this is why I ended up, like, going to sleep at McDonald's. Because the Kings of Cool end up having a Hennessy dinner, uh, and it was uh, delicious uh, steaks and potatoes and all types of fun stuff, and just you know, all you could drink Hennessy cocktails. So, um, yeah, so you know, wonderful, wonderful times. Damn, we need, to, right, we need to reach out to the Kings of Cool see if we can get them with all due respect invitation next time. Oh yeah, hold on, let me let me say this too. <laughs> Uh, shout out to everybody who was showing love at homecoming. So, uh, I believe that Friday after convocation, I, I switched into my, with all due respect, long sleeve, sweet, butter soft, uh, cotton long sleeve, uh, shirt. And I went into the, I was going to buy a hat out of the bookstore and I heard somebody say, my government name. I looked up. I said, "Hey!" But they had a mask on. She was like, "Oh, you don't know me. I'm. I listen to the podcast." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. That's what's up." She was like, "Yeah." And first of all, I'm Chef Hive. And I was like, "Well, I don't want to know you anyway." Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this wait. confirms the theory though that Chef has the biggest hive. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no it don't. No, no, it does. Listen. Five thousand, you clearly have the, the biggest hive because then I ran into other people that one person that lush, uh, shout out to uh Amber, not young Amber, but uh another Amber. And she was like, Oh, she she really likes the podcast, blah, blah, blah. And people think it's so funny. Like I don't understand people think it's funny that you it seems like you don't give a fuck about the podcast, uh, but you still everybody's <laughs> favorite. But right. Uh, she was at Lush, man. Like, people love giving me notes. Like, what we should do, what we should do, what they enjoy. So, shout out to Amber. Um, but, yeah, it, it probably happened maybe five times. People bringing up the podcast. I want to talk about the podcast. So, shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to all the people that have been uh, giving us money. Uh, <laughs> people really asking about this uh, merch and these stick, well, long sleeve shirts and stickers. Like, what's the best way of copping one? Um, so if you are a subscriber, if you are a subscriber, send an email to with all the respect with the or donator, because, you know, some people donate in one lump sum. That's more than people, you know, uh, paying no, us no, 50 no. cents a month. But, no, wait, uh, but go ahead. Wait go a ahead. minute now. Our, our, our donators that take care of us have been taken care of. Right. All right. But if you are a subscriber, as in you are you routinely are on a subscription to the podcast. Send an email to with all the respect with the K at gmail.com with your name and your address, and we will send you some merch as a subscriber. All right. And a subscriber, not, long not a donator. Yeah. You're, you need your size. Yeah. Short or I will or I will make up a size for you and the type of merch I want to send you. And that's not what you want. And shout out to everybody who wants a where did the net go t-shirt? I, I got like three requests for that, but really? Yeah, that shirt really needs to make it out. I think okay. that would really. All right, say no more. Say no more. In two thousand two, I don't. I don't know. Shout out to Justin. Uh, that that's a nigga that's really about the 
It was a couple of people, but I think he's the latest nigga who says on that. Okay. That'll be done. That's easy. I can do that. That I But I'm not sure we need to do that. But go ahead. Okay, so you're telling me to stop. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Anyway, five thousand. How was your home how was your homecoming? Um, it was pretty cool. You touched on most of the events and the highlights pretty much because the only thing I was going to add was the Hennessy dinner presented by the Kings of Cool Power by Hennessy. That shit was uh, pretty straight. Like Everything was top notch. Um, I took my son with me this year. Uh, he's in 10th grade, so kind of like a de facto recruiting trip. But I did all the same stuff like kind of to your point, stuff that I wouldn't normally do. Like, I've, I've gone to convocation over the years. It's not normally on my schedule, but um, my incoming class, Class 2000, made a sizable donation. It was about $305,000 or something like that. So um, went to, you know, represent with the class, the brothers of Alpha Z Chapter, um, our philanthropic arm, Alpha Z Gives, made a sizable donation as well. So that was cool. Um, got to go out on the field and present the checks and all of that. So that was cool. That's like something I don't normally do either. I normally kind of hang out in the insect with the brothers or wherever the brothers be at these days. And then um, no shade, no tree. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> all, all shade because niggas no, was definitely shade. I normally go. Well, no, I'm no. It's not shade. They they like redid the uh, seating or something. Like that section is not for students anymore. Or something. It's like season ticket holders or something. So I think I think they really had to move. I, I really wasn't being shady, but um, yeah. So that was cool. Uh, because I was moving around and doing convocation and halfway like official business on certain stuff. Like looking at the pictures, I did miss uh some folks but i did get to see a good bit of people um i haven't seen in a while to j joe's point everybody was looking good everybody looks like they're doing well so that's always positive and it was really just kind of like heavy um family reunion kind of vibe so uh i really enjoyed it looking forward to next year uh, hopefully the football team wins out and we can like get in the playoffs or swag championship game or something and kind of keep the party going. Maybe more people will come out. I understand people had concerns about the pandemic and such, but it was really cool overall. And I haven't heard any major issues coming out of homecoming. Awesome. Yeah. So, Chef, you, you had a baby, you say? Yeah. I did, <laughs> man. We welcome my, um, my sweet baby girl, Yara Iman. My last name um, on last Wednesday. Um, a Scorp- sweet little Scorpio baby. Um, it, it was amazing. Shout out to my wife. Like she, like her water broke around one o'clock in the afternoon. Her due date was the third, which is crazy because that rarely happens. But her water broke like around noon. We rushed over to the hospital and they're like, we're going to have this baby out around 10 o'clock, 11. I was like, nah, man, that's not how it works. This is going to be long and arduous. But they, they pumped her full of drugs. They gave her a painkiller and she pumped that baby out in like eight minutes. I was like, Jesus Christ, this was fast. So <laughs> shout out um, to her. She came out with seven pounds, 12 ounces of baby. Um, very sweet, sweet child. I know... The first nights were rough because, I mean, that's how it is when a baby's born, obviously. They 
being born is a traumatic experience in and of itself. So, and plus that hospital was shout out to Winnie Palmer Hospital, but Lord have mercy, that hospital was like um, jail cold. So, and they put us on, put me on a jail cot. So, you know, that was not pleasant, but as soon as we got home, she just got into her groove um, and she just be chilling, man. She just, we're just very happy that she's healthy. My wife's healthy. Everyone's good. Awesome, bro. Awesome. Have you ever been to prison? Have you felt how cold jail is? I've been to jail. Yeah, we talked about this. Okay. Jail be cold, and they gave us jail blankets. Gave me a jail blanket, so it was it was rough. I mean, it's the they same were rough service providers. The baby. Hmm? It's the same service providers. Yes, yeah, it's, it's clearly the same service providers. I mean, because the cot felt like a jail cot. Um. And the nurses would come in, like we put her in some clothes because it was cold and swaddled her. And they would come in like, we need to check the baby and rip all the clothes off. And like, she has to be naked the whole time. I'm like, that seems inhumane. <laughs> um, <laughs> it would strip my baby down and she would scream and, and cry. And she got some lungs on her. So it was rough for her. But honestly, really immediately, as soon as she got, as soon as we got to the house, her whole vibe changed. Like she just she's immediately calmed down so i mean she sleeps a lot more um she she's she's just chill she's a sweet little girl so i'm very happy um very scared because it's like you know i'm getting i'm 40 now so it's just like i'm very trying to be mindful of how i take care of myself more so because I'll be 58 when she graduated from high school, and that's a crazy number to me. So, but um, so I'm just thinking, thinking all that shit, and just and 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 the other thing is just grinding harder. Like I know I went out of town immediately for work for this workshop with our CTO to go over some stuff that we're designing for him. Um, because I'm just trying to get to a certain place very quickly, so. Just grinding, happy that my child's here, happy everyone is good, and just getting adjusted to, you know, because you, you got to age in reverse now because this baby will keep you up, and you got to be ready for all that shit. But I appreciate y'all, um, the well wishes. And really, like I said, I've said several times before, thank you everyone who's, like, looked out. Like, a lot of our listeners, a lot of friends have given gifts. They they checked on us, and um, I appreciate all y'all for real. Um Definitely miss homecoming this year. Won't miss it next year, um, but it was all worth it. All that raw beating, you should. Right. All that raw beating you be doing. It's time to go see the doctor, brother. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I'm doing. It was funny. I was having a conversation with, some, with, with my homeboys um, while I was in Atlanta. Um, we went to dinner before I left. I was like, I'm definitely getting a vasectomy. He was like, really? I was like, yeah, man. What, what I got to prove? <laughs> I give it all. My, I give it all my gifts to the world. That's all they gonna get. I like I got, we got two people. I, I got two little pretty black girls. We good. I'm done. I'm I'm, I'm out of the game. Say say wood. Um, have you have you ever been to jail or in a holding cell? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Listen, I'm saying I think we four for four on this podcast. But go ahead. Uh, how 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 your three weeks been? Oh, it was cool. I mean, I don't have anything nearly as exciting or anything uh, for the past three weeks. I've been kind of living. I've been kind of living vicariously through y'all, man. I mean, I got kids, man. If I, Halloween is not. I don't go. I don't go to parties and stuff. We pack the kids up. They put their outfits on. We walk around the neighborhood, and 
They do their thing. We come home. And at that point, I become a service provider. And now I got to provide candy to the other kids. So, I mean, that's what Halloween is. It's not it's not my holiday anymore. It's not our holiday anymore. It's the kids holiday. So it's whatever they want to do. And they have fun, man. You know what I'm saying? It was good to see the kids. And I, you know, I went on the neighborhood group next door. If anybody lives in the neighborhood, you know how aggravating next door is. But I went on next door and I kind of rallied the troops saying, hey, man, like the kids did not get the trick or treat and do anything last year. So y'all got to not be assholes this year. and Y'all need to give out some candy, man. The kids have been waiting like two years for this. And the troops rallied and made it really special for the kids, man. Just seeing the looks on their faces was was worth it. So. Also, so. All right, cool. Well, as always, we have a podcast. <laughs> Speaking of like homecoming, man, it's just one stud, right? It made me think of Chef. <laughs> one fine ass stud, man. And she was, was, I don't know how, I don't know how studly she is. Like she be stud one day and like not stud at other occasions. Um, it just made me think of Chef and um, studs. Because I mean, I I typically don't like studs. But this this stud fine. This stud in particular. I, is this the Greek stud? <laughs> Damn nigga. I, I, that's really not descriptive. Uh, it, so so look, no. Oh, okay. But um nigga, I remember I, I see that one of them one of them events and uh nigga don't know how to flirt with a stud, nigga. I, I challenged her to a push up contest. Nigga, how do how do you flirt with studs, nigga? Yeah, I think you flirt with studs like you flirt with any other woman. I don't think nah, so. I don't think so. Nah. I, I'm 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 not. I challenged sure. the motherfucker to a pull up uh, to a push up contest. How are you respectful? How are you ninety percent sure? We did it. Like, I won. How are you ninety? How are you ninety percent sure on how to flirt with a stud? Because I flirt <laughs> with studs. Okay, all right. I mean, how many? And, and what's and what's your? What's your uh, completion rate, nigga? Like back in the G, it was really like it was solid. It was like I've I've been in situation. I was in a situation when I was still living in Atlanta where I, I was flirting with a stud, and her girlfriend got mad and and, and told her and stormed and t- t- grabbed her, and they stormed out. You know, you know, lesbians be real abusive. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that stud got her ass whooped. They weren't with the soft swap. Uh, listen, for that you too early. She started sniggling, and she was just like, "You are funny." I was like, "I am." That's because you're from the Midwest, man. You know, I like my Southern bells to be no, like ladies. But sometimes here's the thing about that. Like the the thing about studs is a lot of them was like really, really just cute, cute ass girls back in the day, like in high school. And even when they got to college, and something happened, yeah. something. No, up. it's just it's it's just Midwest masculine. We already discussed it, man. We didn't have to go in anyway. What's the first topic? Speaking of insecurities, insecure. So we're not going to go into the last episode, but I I, I can't wait to talk about it. Um, next still spoiler alert. This is up to level. Fall off. Still spoiler alert. Is up to episode what? Episode before last. Think, yeah, we're, no, we're, the we're, first we're not even that far. We're, I think we're on the first episode. Okay, it All was right. the first episode, cool. and the return of Insecure. Got it. How? But before we get into that, how far has everybody gone <laughs> in the season? Just like it's, the second, this, second episode. I'm second. I'm second episode. Okay. 
I'm, I think I'm third episode, yeah. Okay. How many episodes is it? Four. Oh, fuck. I think I got eight. I got six niggas using my HBO Go or Max or whatever. I need to use my own, but go ahead. The show is shorter this year, by the way. It's only like 28 minutes. You should be there by now. But yeah. So the first episode, I think what happened, they went to their class. It was like a it was like a class. It wasn't a, was a class reunion sort of thing. Yeah, it was a class yeah. reunion. It wasn't homecoming. It was a class reunion. Yeah, yeah so it was a cl- class reunion. I guess that's, that's their version of homecoming. Because they all went to Stanford. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know they went to Stanford, but it was interesting to me because it seemed like they showed more of the PWI experience, which I just found, you know, it's found interesting. But um, they went back to their old school and, and linked with old friends. Um, one of them robbed them. Um, but there was a huge controversy around um, Amanda Seals' character. What was her name again? She should, I, don't know, I never liked her. What's her name? I don't know. I don't know. Amanda Seals' character. Apparently, she's AKA. I think they. This guy. Damn, right. damn, boy. That baby is taking all the bandwidth. Right. What is the, the baby watching? That, like? baby, that baby took your bandwidth, too. <laughs> this shit froze for a minute. Right. Oh, I was froze, too? You're yeah, still frozen right now. I'm frozen? Yeah. yeah. Coco Melon must take a whole lot of fucking bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> is it Coco Melon or Coco Melon? It's Coco Melon. Yeah, I, I ain't got, I ain't got no babies, y'all. Chill out. Uh, I mean, I didn't know if that was just your fancy nigga stick. Yeah. No, and that's not stick. First of all, <laughs> respect my fanciness. No, I'm saying like if that was just one of your uh, alternative words. Nah, but you refer to as stick, man. All right, so Amanda Seals plays who? Tiffany on Insecure or something like Tiffany, that? Tiffany, that's what yeah. it is. Go ahead. And she, apparently there was there were scenes where she had a, I don't know, a cardigan jacket, sweater, whatever the fuck, right? And it had the official seal of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated on the garment. And as a result of that, the entire, I guess, AKA global network lost their shit because uh amanda seals is not a member of alpha kappa alpha you can hear me now we can hey welcome back yeah so her character her character is an aka amanda seals is not an aka and apparently the world took umbrage with the fact the aka world took umbrage with the fact that a non-aka was wearing the official emblem of aka on a garment go my thing is, I think they only cared about it because they don't. No one likes Amanda Seals as a person. I think if it was like Tracy Ellis Ross, it would have been fine. <laughs> I think. I feel like that was the issue. I think Tracy Ellis Ross is an AK. Yeah, I think she's an AK. Is she? Yeah. Oh, she yeah. is for real. Yeah. And they made an honorary. Yeah. Word. I know that. You picked like, like you picked like the well, wrong like, name out of all the names you right. picked. You just picked an AK. I picked like the perfectly wrong name. Okay, let me don't don't say I Diana Ross. Someone, I think Diana Ross is AK. right. He's about to pick another AK. Well, well even if let, let's say let's say Easel's AK, like I think they would have been fine with it because they just people like her better than they like uh, Amanda Seals. I think that was a big issue because I'm like, who cares? Like, is there like a big market demand for Greek life still? Like, how big is the demand in general still? I think Greeks want you to think that. I mean, I think Greeks are, and as a Greek, I think Greeks are just cunts. It's just. <laughs> you say as a Greek, <laughs> I think they're just cunts. Yeah, I mean, by and large, Greeks are cunts. 
I mean, we had the same we had the same issues, right? Whenever they had to play and they were wearing cap alpha side gear or something like that. And everybody got up and arms like, oh, well, they're not brothers and what the hell? Who sanctioned them to wear that and protect the brand and all of this type of shit? And I think people take this Greek shit way too seriously, right? I would be flattered. I I, I would be flattered if they of all the shit they wore, they wore my shit. They could have wore they could have wore Delta on the show. They could have wore Zeta. They could have wore Sigma Gamma Row, but they chose AKA. Like you should be somewhat flattered that they chose to wear your shit or represent your shit as a part of black culture. Insecure plays black music. They have black people. They do black shit. You know what I'm saying? They talk about the HBCU experience sometimes and black music and black art. Greek letter, black Greek letter organizations are a part of that culture. So why do motherfuckers go get up in arms about shit and say, oh, well, it's our fucking brand and we don't want nobody to tarnish their brand. Nigga, nobody even knew what that shit even like what y'all official emblem was really. They knew she was the AKA, but she didn't do nothing like out of pocket. It wasn't nothing shady. She didn't say nothing shady about AKA. She didn't like strip on a pole or nothing like that. So it's like, I don't get the whole protect the brand shit. I think it's just an opportunity for people to be cunts. And when people see an opportunity to be cunts, they're a cunt. And that's essentially what we're seeing. I mean, everything else is just, is just hyperbole and rhetoric. Uh, all right. So a couple, couple angles, right? So usually the people who didn't pledge the hardest have the most to say, right? So niggas who like really put in blood, sweat and tears, Usually just kind of like, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Even if you didn't really fuck with it, it wasn't enough shit for you to just get mad on the internet X, Y, Z. Like I seen, so again, we're talking personal experiences. They have like a whole Broadway play of like niggas with like Kappa cardigans. And I'm pretty sure they're doing like 20s dances and all types of bullshit, right? Um and it's and they're, and they're doing all types of bullshit, right? Nothing's flattering about it. Um, but I didn't write to my local congressman like, "Why is this happening?" To me, I feel like it's more bullshit, and not to get too personal when you're because they had to get permission from AKA, right? So if AKA is like, "All right, yeah, go ahead, y'all use it." All right, then you just gotta roll with your leadership. That's who you voted in the office. Same with, way with us, like if. Our leadership is like, hey, go ahead and fucking do the the Charleston Chew nigga on Broadway with our letters on than it is what it is. Um, my thing is, I hate it when, again, this is probably too personal, when those same organizations trip off like undergrad shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all let a whole ass group of niggas do some shit with, with some letters, but like won't let undergrads do other shit with other letters. So yep. that's my qualm with that shit um but if motherfuckers were upset like if a motherfucker really pledged for those letters right and they really love them and they did what they had to do to get the motherfuckers and they paid whatever money and did whatever they had to do and they were upset about it then i can understand that right uh i haven't seen an uproar from motherfuckers who have done that like the consensus of motherfuckers who really pledged was kind of like all right, it is what it is kind of thing. Um, the only thing that I may give them some grace on is that Amanda Seals' character does reinforce a stereotype, right? 
So Prentice Penny, he's a Kappa. He's one of the um, writers of the show, him and Issa. Uh, it, on that same episode, there's a part when they're talking about a Q party, and I'm like, yeah, remember them Omega parties? Yeah. That part, them parties smelled like a whole booty hole. Like, that's what the nigga said. And I was like, I know that nigga, like, wrote that shit in the script, nigga, just like as a shot to Omegas, which is funny. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. Um, but again, like, it's at the, in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that serious. Like, we got way too much shit going on in the world for that to be what you like charge your iPad for and like right. send death threats out. <laughs> right. Like it's it's not really like worth it. Like what a suit. What a suit. Amanda on the show does does reinforce the light skin, prissy, bougie look. AKA stereotype. Bruh. Bruh. So that was the only thing that Bruh. I would the horse has left the, the barn. The train has left the station on that fucking part of the brand. That is the fucking brand at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't blame fucking Insecure for that fucking shit. They perpetuate their own fucking stereotype. It's like, we perpetuate our own fucking st- stereotype. That is true. The, like, I can't, we, yep. we, yeah, we can't get mad at other motherfuckers for perpetuating what they stamped as the fucking brand. Right. That is true, too. I can't argue with that because niggas definitely will reinforce the stereotype. And again, that's usually motherfuckers who didn't do what they needed to do. But that's all I got to say about that. I do want to dig into Insecure more in the next episode because in just a thought before we move forward, I feel like this they're not really putting their all into this last season, but we could, we could discuss it. I don't know. I mean, and without giving too much information, I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah, it's All like, right, uh, can, exactly. we, can we can we just wait to like maybe the next? No, I mean, there's really nothing to spoil. I'm just saying, there's nothing it, to spoil. it's there. There's really no plot. It's like we're just tying up loose ends. Like, well, I guess something got to happen to these motherfuckers. So let's do some episodes to bring them to a point of finality. But there's no. There's no story really anymore. So it's like the story. Crazy time yeah, jumps. Too. The story is like done. The year just passed for no reason. Yeah, the, sto- <laughs> the story is done. They're just trying to. It's like a curtain call for them. Yeah, but it's kind of sad too. Like I was like, I don't know what y'all trying to do, and I'm just like, okay, cool, all right. And, I'm and, to and them. you know what's crazy? I knew Insecure had lost its whatever, uh, its its luster because. Apparently, I'm two episodes behind, and nobody has even said anything. Like, when the first episode came on, motherfuckers like, oh, shit, Insecure this weekend. Like, it was fucking watch parties, motherfuckers pop popcorn and grilled steaks. After the first episode, then you got some, like, oh, this whole AKA shit. And then it's like, it's been radio silence since then. I was like, well, maybe they skipped a week. And then I went on my shit, and then... Because the real episodes. because the real love story is between Lamar and his old lady on BMF. That's the real love story. All right, so I'm, so uh, I don't even have watched the first episode of that. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that at a, at a later date. BMF, so BMF next? is a love story, y'all. Just so you know. That nigga's soft. That's why he's Lamar. That's why he's Lamar, right there. No. 
Okay. We can still debate on that. We still, I, I, I have thoughts. But anyway, <laughs> let's talk. Um, speaking of fuck nigga shit, so People versus Travis Scott. Man, I'm, I'm going to share my thoughts. So Travis Scott had his Astro World Festival this past weekend in Houston. And um, apparently, from reports, there was a huge, um, I don't know if riot is the right word, but there was a riot at, riot sort of atmosphere um, during the concert where um, concert goers tried to rush VIP. There were several um, times where people were stampeded, um, resulting in eight deaths during the show. Uh, there were... And so after the fact, and they're doing like the postmortem and they're trying to understand what happened. And a few things um, occurred. They, they went through the timeline of people trying to say they need to stop the show. People were chanting and stop the show. There was um, a golf cart that served as an ambulance trying to um, clear the crowd and, 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 and help people. Um, but the show never ended. The show went all the way through. It was completed. Um, even even though there was all the even though all these incidents occurred, so there's issues with people taking um, un, not understanding. Well, they're trying to say that Travis Scott is culpable for everything that happened, um, and he's I guess he's reached out to the families and expressed condolences. I think he also said he'd pay for the funerals and also is refunding all the concert goers, which is. Um, Interesting because like about a hundred thousand people were there, and uh, I think it was like a grip per ticket. So it's a, definitely a big cash loss for him. Um, but what are y'all thoughts in terms of responsibility um, in during in this incident? I I think it's good that he's doing all of those things, right? I, I think it's good that he's, I guess, contrite is the word or or whatever. He's he has sympathy for what happened or whatever. Um, he's giving money to the families. A lot of that is coming from pressure from fans, but he kind of has to do that from a PR standpoint. But I don't feel he's responsible for that shit. I don't feel he's accountable for that shit. He may be financially liable for it, but I don't understand the backlash. Like he's a, he's talent. He's an artist. Like this nigga didn't sit down and plan the operations of the concert. That's not what he does. He has people that does that. He purchases a venue that does that. Even when it comes to security, he's going to ask them, all right, how much is security? They've already estimated and know how many people are coming. This is the security. It's going to cost X amount of dollars. He pays the fucking money. And then he goes on about his fucking business. He doesn't even pay the money directly. Another nigga does and just sends him the fucking bill. So him, him, he's so many steps away from the management and the planning of the security and, and controlling the event, right? And then we get to the point where people are like, oh, well, he should have stopped the show and all this. Again, Travis doesn't even run the show. There's a show manager in the back who runs the fucking show. He just performs the fucking songs. So if the nigga in the back does not stop him from performing, saying AAA, he's not going to stop performing because he's paid to perform, Right. And I don't know if people have performed in the past. I, prefer, I I used to perform and being on stage with a lot of lights and doing it sober. You can't see all of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I remember I could not see. 
And Travis Scott is probably not sober. He's probably high or drunk or whatever, kicking it and doing his show. He probably really can't see all of that motherfucking shit. And he may not have known exactly what's going on. He knew something was going on, but he may not know exactly what's going on. The nigga's not FEMA. He's been in multiple concerts when niggas do dumb shit. He probably didn't stop the show then. So, yes, he may be liable because it's his name is on the motherfucking shit or whatever. But to say Travis Scott should be canceled and motherfuckers is coming at his neck and coming at his head. I feel that that's a bridge too far. I I have to agree with people that are against cancel culture at that point because this makes no motherfucking shit. He has insurance for shit like this. Niggas will get paid. Niggas will get their health insurance paid and all of this type of stuff. It'll all be handled. It's not a big deal. We don't have to crucify Travis Scott over this incident. Yeah, I agree with uh, what Will was saying. Unless he acted as his own promotion company, promoter in this scenario, he's at least one level removed from the shit. Like, basically, he was paid to show up or whatever, so he probably wouldn't be responsible. I also agree with the point that they have insurance for stuff like this. Like, you have to have an insurance policy uh, whenever you host an event. That's normally the rule. And also, to his point, you can't see with all the lights and also just the nature of the event. If this was an opera and everybody started jumping around like a mosh pit or some shit, that would probably raise some red flags. That this shit, that was probably par for the course anyway. And so, like, nobody would really trip off of that. I do do believe that it's uh, admirable of him to, you know, cover the expenses of uh, the deceased parties and, you know, all the other steps he's taken. I think that's awesome. If I was in his shoes, I probably would have done the same thing. A lot of people may not have, but I think that's cool and it's in the right direction. But I mean, I think it's unrealistic to expect him to somehow have control that or did something. And also to his point, hell, where's the sound man at? Just cut the fucking mic off. You know what I'm saying? Like bring up all the house lights. Like, whatever like other people had a responsibility you know there should have been some communication going on because there has to be some kind of emergency plan let's just say a fucking tornado comes through or something i mean you got to have all types of some sort of plan yeah some sort of communication like i mean i've worked events where we've had like walkie-talkies and earpieces you know like much smaller events so you know, like I say, unless he somehow signed all the papers and like I'm the promoter and I'm paying myself and all of that, it's kind of impossible to hold him responsible for that shit. Yeah, so I think y'all, y'all all, I mean, y'all two niggas said what I was about to say. Uh, like, yeah, you, you pay you pay crisis management. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what it is. You know. Um, I've heard and seen people talking about um, like with his shows, he kind of like um, reinforces this type of behavior. Um, but I mean, you you can't really fault him for shit that he can't control. You know what I'm saying? So unless I mean, and they're going to do their due diligence. You know what I'm saying? He's definitely a black man and, and eight people died. So they're going to try to get him on whatever he they can but uh i mean it's very unfortunate 
um, especially some of the ages of the people that that uh, that pass. But them really making this man like the villain, I don't feel it's fair. Like they keep bringing up old shows and all types of bullshit, and like, right? Um, like he just doesn't care about his fans. When like five thousand said, like nigga, it's fifty thousand people. It just looks like a sea full of people. Even before, even before the uh, incident, I saw footage of the crowd, and I was like, God damn, that's a lot of people. And I always think, like, man, I'd hate to be there because, nigga, if I gotta go use the bathroom, nigga, ain't no way you getting out that bitch. Especially if you like in the middle, you know what I'm saying? So like, I'm sure it's like people pissing and shitting on themselves all everywhere. It just didn't look. You know, in my big old age, they get like some shit I'd want to be a part of. Um, and especially with the crowd he attracts, like that fucking Gen Z white mm. blurred lines. I think I'm white, black. We're all together yeah. type of crowd. Like, I don't even fuck with like Gen Z like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not to mention there was a motherfucker around there stabbing people with fucking syringes you know what i'm saying right. we don't know what what caused all the fucking fucking uh the melee but definitely a a, a cop got stabbed in the fucking neck with a syringe uh, so they they had to administer uh, i forgot what the what the drug is uh that they shoot you with when they think you're about to overdose or narcane. whatever nar what is it narcane you're right Narcan or Narcane? Yeah, right. might be Narcan. Yeah, there we go. All right, Narcan. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of shit going on, and when you have that many people in one spot, I mean, and again, Gen Z, them motherfuckers. I I, don't, I can't be around them niggas for two hours. I can't be around them motherfuckers for Thanksgiving dinner, let alone a whole ass concert. Like, nah, I'm I'm straight. But again, like, pray for them. Pray for, you know, Travis and his his mental because they definitely making it seem like it was all his fault when, like, I, nigga, I'm the talent. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, like... All I do is spin records. Right, nigga. Like, I, yeah. You know... But it nigga, is... Go ahead. Go ahead, Chef. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not... I, I sire with him as well, but the only problem he's dealing with now is he he was the promoter. It is his entity. Astroworld is his brand. So <clears throat> he's gonna take all he's gonna take on a lot of liability anyway. Like he has insurance to cover, you know, the if the cover what's gonna happen to him, which is the positive piece of it, at least for him. And I think it was also a good gesture that he didn't have to do to cover these funerals. But we never want to talk about like personal responsibility anymore. And maybe I sound, maybe I'm starting to be like an older nigga, and I just look at shit from from that lens. But people had their children out there. That wasn't a concert for children. Travis Scott makes hype rock star rap music. Like it's not even my. I don't even like his music personally. It's not, nothing I would listen to. You know what I'm saying? But his demographic lends the people kind of being wild and and shooting people dr- with drugs miscellaneously. In the crowd and just and just having a good ass, stupid ass time. That's the brand he has. So when things like that happen, they happen. Like I was talking to um one of our listeners and she was telling me how she felt like she, you know, God was looking out for her this weekend 
regarding the Travis Scott concert. And I was like, what you talking about? She's like, well, yeah, my friends was telling me to come out to Texas to go to the concert. And I was like, nigga, you 41 years old. What the fuck you doing at a Travis Scott concert? I'm happy you took your, took, kept your black ass home. Like, that's not for you. Like, you got to understand where you at in life with that shit. But it's just, I think it's like a buyer beware situation. But then also you need to know how careful you need to be if you're going to be a consumer of that type of experience. But no one wants to talk about that. I think everyone wants to blame the one black man because it's just it's just it's easier to do. I know for me, even at that age, I, I, I've never I never felt comfortable hanging out in spaces where they were like um, rambunctious white folks. And there's nothing wrong with white folks. You know, do what the fuck you want to do. But I don't feel safe in that type of shit because there's like a, a give. I don't give a fuck energy that's that goes along with it. Oh. I was to tell somebody like at this point in life. I gotta be around niggas who are who, who scared a little bit, like niggas who just want to listen to some jazz right. <laughs> and have a dinner party or do some chill shit because they be like, man, we do anything crazy, you know, you know, nigga might yeah. die, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't like to be around a lot of people. Now. Period. Like I don't care if it's black people, white people. I just don't like crowds like that anymore. Like I yeah. just I need to have be able to have everything in front of me. You feel me? Just 50, JJ was talking about fifty thousand people. I don't even know what that looks like, but I do know that it's too many. I would be nervous and anxious the entire time. But definitely um, prayers to the family. Hopefully this man doesn't get his life destroyed or his career destroyed. I don't think he will because people forget stuff. Oh, this will be forgotten next week, but either way. You know? More people will probably go now. People were like, oh, shit, eight people died. That must be a hell of a show. Like, it's probably be the opposite. <laughs> as long as he doesn't get shut down, it'll probably be the opposite. There'll be 75,000 people at the next one. Very good point. Yep. Just because now, excuse me, because now it's like a cult classic type of thing. Probably. Very good I, point. I'll just go out here and wild and just see what happens. Yeah, man. All right. Um. So I know last week I need to listen to. It. I'm gonna listen to it. I'm a, I'm a, a big the biggest Kanye fan, but I just know Kanye West was on um, Drink Champs podcast last week. And I guess he gave him like a couple of hours worth of content. Like it was a, a two hour plus interview. Um, did anyone listen to the to the interview? Uh-huh. I did. So you listen to all listen to the entire interview or the whole thing. Take us on the journey. Take us on the journey, journey. It was like over two hours. It's like when I podcast like two and a half hours, something like that. <laughs> Take us on a journey, brother. Um so it was it was it was Kanye uh in a safe environment, so he felt all right, like taking shots, smoking weed, you know what I'm saying. And um Kanye is a genius, like like Mensa genius, you know what I'm saying? Um it's a proven thing. Um and you just kinda go down the journey and like his thought processes. Um he thinks and he thinks in the future, he thinks outside the box. He had a, you know, he. <laughs> so Kanye really has a, a really good heart at the end of the day. I know that sounds cheesy as shit, but like at the day, I really think in his heart of hearts, and I know motherfuckers hate when people say that. I think that he really has black people's interests uh, in mind. Uh, I think that his genius is 
at battle with his ego. So as much as he wants to help, he also has to show you as smart as he is. He also wants to show you how smart he is. You know what I'm saying? So you kind of go down that, but you also find out like, um, like who his influences are, like kind of like the way he his thought processes are. He kind of shits on Big Sean and John Legend, but he also says like he loves them niggas. Like at the end of the day, I mean, he you know talks about Drake, shits on him a little bit, but at the end of the day, he's like, but that's still my brother. Like he's one of those things. Like he's gonna call a spade a spade, which should be fine within our own community, uh, the black community rap community whatever like we should be able to talk amongst ourselves and truth so like if he feels like just blaze bit his shit he should be able to say oh yeah just blaze been my shit or like i don't fuck with john legend because i feel like he's a puppet for the democrats because he's a light-skinned nigga to do whatever the people say but i still love that nigga you know what I'm, saying? I'm not gonna let anybody else say nothing about that nigga because that's my nigga at the end of the day so it's real interesting he has a um you know, he just has lots of, you know, he kind of expounds on things because uh, I know and like bits and pieces, like he's real sporadic. You can tell the way like his thought processes are. Um, but he, he talks about like the whole abortion thing and how like uh, he wants to start um, uh, basically like a house. I'm going to say orphanage, but I think he might have said orphanage for women who who uh, who want to choose to not abort their children because, you know, I mean, a lot of people know if you do the research that uh, like Planned Parenthood was really in its inception made to um, stifle like black people having children or whatever. I mean, since then they've they've morphed, but and you know I support Planned Parenthood, um, but it's just trying to talk about just how. How, uh, you know, he doesn't really fuck with abortion and he wants to start these orphanages when it has like Dan Mothers and all this other shit. And he should call it Kanye's Kids. Like, if he ever hears his podcast and he ends up calling it that, like, I just want my, you know, my bread. Uh, cause he, he also, <laughs> right. Cause he said that, um, Beanie Siegel, uh, named him, uh, Yeezy and he wants to find Beanie and get him some bread for, for that. But, um, it's a, I understand people who don't fuck with Kanye, and I know like some of our listeners don't because they'd be like, How, "What's up with all this Kanye love? Yeah, you be getting that?" Nigga. Yeah, that nigga has definitely done some fuck shit in the past, but it's like, you know, he's like the nigga who like your homeboy who be doing fuck shit that you be like, "I still my nigga though," even though he be doing fuck shit. So uh, it was it was a good interview. It was good to see Kanye like that. So I mean, if you have two hours of free time like you should go check it out yeah i mean to me i like the you know to that to that last point because i mean he was still all over the place but it seemed like he at least took half of his meds like mm. he he wasn't like in a manic state you feel me he was still scatterbrained but he wasn't like in a manic state you know sometimes like kanye is like you can't even relate to him sometimes he's like on a completely different planet not even from an intellectual standpoint, but just he's just out there. He's just manic. And he'll just walk into a room and just be quiet and have all that one of them crazy masks and like walk around doing silly shit. And you're like, I don't know this person and that's not entertaining to me. It's actually awkward to me. He wasn't on that. You know what I'm saying? Like he was really like 
sitting down and having a conversation. It was like having the old Kanye back, you know what I'm saying? When he used to do interviews, you know, talking about, talking about Jay and stuff. Like even when, even when, uh, he gave him the blunt or whatever. He was like, yeah, what was it called? Nori blunts or something? What is it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and he was like, you know, smoke, smoke the blunt. Da, 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 da. And Kanye was, he was like playing with it and, you know, he's like, all right, I'm going to smoke the blunt. And then he smoked the blunt, but he like smoked it like a nigga who don't really smoke weed all the time. He like smoked it like, yeah, see, I smoked it. was like, it was kind of goofy or whatever. I mean, that's the Kanye that people kind of know and love. And it was good to kind of see him like that in the interview. And he's talking hip hop. He's talking about Drake and you know, he's giving some vulnerability on, you know, how it made him feel when Drake was saying the things that he was saying about Kim. Right. Because, you know, Drake was he was like, well, you know, Drake's saying stuff about Kim, about even if he didn't have sex with her, like he's making it seem like he did have sex with her and how he didn't fuck with it. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that, you know, but it's a conversation people can actually understand. And it was just good to have that Kanye back, man, and just like come back to earth for a little bit and have a two-hour conversation. I listened to about 45 minutes of it. Um, I, I didn't really have time to do all two hours, but it was good. It, it was a good conversation. Hopefully, we get more of that from Kanye, man. Hopefully, he takes half of his meds more and we get more interviews like this. I'm going to have to check it out. I'll check it out tomorrow then. I mean, I heard the things he said about like John Legend and I guess the people I thought were his people. I guess I have a, I have a different take on talking about your friend. Like, uh, I guess if a nigga's my nigga, I'm gonna look out for him. But I, I guess everybody's different in that sense. So I, I I probably just need to hear it in context. Um, what what specific part are you talking about? I guess what J. Joe was saying. He was um um speaking up on John Legend and who else was he? I heard he said he was talking about Big Sean and. Yeah. I guess the people that I thought were his people, you know. So but I mean, I, I guess I have to hear. It but you, but you get it though. Put it into the con. Put it into the context of the bond, right? Of the fraternity. There are niggas that you know that do fuck shit, and yeah. you've been around them when they do fuck shit, and you don't fuck with them for the fuck shit that they did. But I still love you. You know what I'm saying? I still fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you a fuck nigga. You know what I'm saying? I, I liken it that way. You know what I'm saying? It's just a group of individuals. There's a lot of individuals that we touch, we rub up against, no homo, and people are going to be different and you're not always going to agree with the way that they move, but you're bonded to them by certain things, Kanye, whether it be the label, whether it be creative, creative creativity or whatever, whether it be just stature in the game or whether it's fraternity or people that you work with. I mean, you're bonded to people for different ways and you don't always agree and see eye to eye with the people that you have a connection or you have a bond with. That's fair. That's, That's the way fair. I kind of contextualized it. Yeah, I can see it that way. I, I'm going to listen to it. I mean, I I was the biggest Kanye West fan before he started switching up to me. Um, so, I mean, if it's like giving that old Kanye energy, I'm all for it. Because, I, I mean, I used to try to listen to this nigga speak all the time just to hear his thoughts on shit. So, you know. I'm going to check it out tomorrow. Fuck it. All right, cool. So we're going to stay on the music vein. Uh, Summer Walker's album came out this past weekend. Now, apparently when it's going well. Like It's it's like one of the top stream albums um, in uh, globally so far this year. Like it's, it's just really outperforming 
at least my expectation was 20 track album. Um, and it seems like it's a, a, a concept album kind of focusing on her, her latest breakup with her baby daddy. Um, I listened to it. Um, one of my homeboys is on, um, he's on the album. He played the saxophone at my wedding and he played, and, and he's like one of my good friends and he played, um, played a solo on the song called unloyal. Um, that I guess it's a duet between Summer Walker and Ari Lennox, but it's a really good song and he kind of killed that shit. So proud of my nigga Larry. Um, but the album's overall just about, you know, relationship bullshit and it seems like it's angry and kind of like fuck these niggas and gives that energy so you know niggas listen to it I don't know if it's for us necessarily but, I, you know, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm listening to it right, go ahead give your review um my review so I like Summer Walker's music um yeah I felt like this album was <sighs> I want to say lazy, but it was a little one note for me. Like, I like my R&B songstresses to have some pain and angst in their heart. But, like, this was like a whole album about one nigga. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I hate hearing people's problems, but I definitely hate hearing a chick's problems. So, you know what I'm saying? I It was just a lot of it was too personal. I needed it to be more general so I can relate it to my life. Like, I feel like in her last album, she was more relatable. It was a lot of songs about maybe wanting love and maybe it, it was more uh, dimensional when it came to like relationships and like maybe it's my fault, maybe it's their fault. Sometimes, you know, I fall in love with the wrong person. Sometimes, you know, you know, it it hit on more, I guess, more various topics than this. This was a lot of like, I don't fuck with London because of this. I'm the fourth baby mama because of this. I, you know, y'all hoes, I hate y'all hoes. Y'all want that nigga because of this. And one song, and I, it, and it is under the, it's in the same vein as the, he's mine. You mind him? Changing faces, you mind them fucking the ones, but I got them all that the time. It's one of the first songs. I was, uh, no, no. I, I think I was Moking Steph. I was Moking Steph, I believe, right? Yeah, was Moking Steph. He's mine? Yeah, Moking Steph. Yeah, it's Moking Steph. Okay, so she has a song basically talking to these chicks like, oh, you thought you had them because he let you hit, but like, you just a sad bitch. I'm the real bitch. Like, whenever a song's like that, like, you look stupid. You know what I'm right. saying? Whenever you're talking to the other chick that the nigga fuck, like, you're addressing her and not him, it's just a weird, it's just weird to me. So I'm like, just like that Mo Ken Steph song. It's like, uh, all right, so you happy you with this nigga that's fucking mad bitches? All right, cool. That's on you. So it was a lot of and again, I don't think it's for us. It, it's for definitely chicks 18 to 25 to listen yeah, to. Yeah, it's, it's um, young girl angry. Right. Angry. Right. Like. It's, it's no like grown woman ass, like, you know what I'm saying? Energy. Like, so, 
you know, it's it's a couple songs that, you know, you can groove to. I think she had one song with Omarion talking about screwing and like the song that she has, I think that was a little dirk or something. I think that song might be cool. So it's a it's a couple of cuts on there like you can fuck with. Um What you thought about the o- prayer overall but as an overall like album, I thought it was big, you know. <laughs> Like you can, and all the songs kind of have the same melody. So if you listen to the whole album, it sounds a lot. It's 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 not a lot of differential in like the melodies and what the songs sound like, like the tempos and like the crescendos and all that shit. It sounds a lot like like all the songs. What you thought about Sierra's prayer? Uh, what you think about Sierra's prayer? Um, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm a sociopath. Maybe all men are sociopaths. I don't know. I've never prayed for a woman. Like, you mean prayed to like, have we prayed for a woman? Like you prayed for your wife, but like you're not prayed to have a woman. Like, Like yeah, no, like I'll pray for her specifically. Right. Like, Lord, you know, me and my wife, something like that. But like before I met my wife, I was never like, Lord, send me a woman, a wholesome woman of of sturdy bosomen. Like like I've never like You say of sturdy bosom? Yeah. I mean like something like that. Like this I mean, this was like a, a poem poem. I've never prayed for men pray for like, hey Lord, I pray for a sound peace of mind, peace, tranquility, peace <laughs> prosperity, you know what I'm saying? Whatever that may be and whatever that looks like, right? Like guide me in that direction. But we don't like take we don't make an order at the window of send me a woman of this, that and the third. I mean, I feel that sometimes you can take things a little too seriously and taking things too seriously is what fucks you up in the game. Like, I think when I heard that player prayer, I was like, you kind of crazy a little bit. And like, if women like fuck with shit like that, like, okay, I get it. Love is a big deal. And getting married or get finding a significant other is a big deal, but it's not that big of a deal. You know what I'm saying? Like of all the things you take to God, when you get on your knees at night and that you take to his altar to pray for, it's a nigga. Like, so let me, let me, let me ask you this before you get into it, chef. Do you think that's, but is that just like male privilege though? Because there's so many there are way more good women than good men out there. I don't. I don't think there's a. Sh- I don't think there's a shortage of good women, but women would tell you there's a shortage of good men. I think. I think that's a context sort of thing because I think all that shit's subjective. That that's because that, I think it's kind of egotistical to say that women have um, the market locked down on goodness. So <laughs> I'll start with that. But also, I think we're all she's also looking at at it from the scope of a 25 year old who probably really hasn't had to go through some real shit. If that's what you if that's what your issue is at the age of 25, that's a different sort of thing, because I remember when I was younger, I thought I mean, I, I that stuff used to bother. If I was like broke up with a girl, I'd be all broke up about it. But, oh, man, the world's coming to end. But then I got older, and I just kept on living. Like, I remember I was working in D.C., and I went out and smoked a, I was smoking a Newport 
when I was smoking Newports. And this this old man that came that worked in the office came up to me and was like, "Man, you don't need no, you don't need no 50 million women in the world, man. You just God just gonna bless you with that one, brother. You know what I'm saying?" And I was just like, "Man, who is the fuck is this nigga? Who asked him this? Who asked you?" <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, this is shit that people think about, you know what I'm saying? Like when you just minding your, when I'm minding my motherfucking business. So I guess it's a matter of perspective, but I think she's just coming from a state of someone who just needs to keep on living. Cause even the content and granted, I like the album and, and shout out to my boy, but I think it's just based on perspective of someone who just hasn't lived long enough. I'm like, she has a whole child with this nigga. Like, I would think that would be a like you didn't have no song decade to your new baby. You know what I'm saying? Like I just right. I think your perspective's a little bit off personally. And that's her only perspective. Like even even Mary J gave us a little bit of the other side of the coin on a song. You feel me? Like and Mary J had her share of woe is me, like I'm going through all of this shit. But Mary would give you a song that's for other people too, like you know, it ain't all bad. You feel me? You don't have to look at all niggas through this lens. You know what I'm saying? Mary would give you a break. From what I've heard, there's no break on this shit. You know what I'm saying? The perspective is really fucking one-sided. You know, it's like these niggas will let you down type shit. Yeah, I would say if you if if you had if you have a peer, if we have a if you know a woman your age, like that's in her late thirties, early early to mid forties, whatever. And she's singing these songs loud as fuck. That's a red flag. Going back to red flags. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, a good an, a good question to have is what is the other side of the coin? I mean, you take all the all the the female vocalists that are out now. I get yeah, I get the actual category. I could say female. All the female vocalists. Who gives us the other side of the coin? Who is the most positive? I think Ari Lennox gives is the most. Full, she gives both sides. Um, I think because she, she, because she would be like, you know, she'll, because she, she was, she's on the album, like I said, yeah. you know what I'm saying, talking shit, but she'll also start singing about some nasty shit, you know what I'm saying? So it's but just that, like, but that's not both sides. <laughs> Our lyrics is like 90% nasty song. I think Jasmine uh, Sullivan on her whole gave us more yeah. of a like full. You know, um, like uh, a full venue of like women and their emotions, and sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. Some, you know, I want to be a hoe sometimes. I want to be with one nigga sometimes. I feel like you're you get right. more than more than that with her than Ari. Ari want to talk about how juicy a pussy is every every song. <laughs> her, her and Janae Aiko, whatever you That's say. Right. I think, well, y'all heard of Victoria Monet? Yes. I think she's pretty, I'm coming at younger people, honestly, because, I mean, Jasmine is a vet at this point. Victoria Monet's fairly new. I think she, I think she's even, I think she has different songs that give different feelings. I really like her music, so I would think, I think she's a good example. Uh, um, I mean... This is my thing, right? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. J. Joe isms. Let me put my slipper shoes on. Um, yeah, the uh, 
the the younger, like I said, that eighteen to twenty five. All right, we'll wait two hours. Um, what they look for in a man is different than what older women look for in a man, right? At this point, like young chicks are just looking for niggas to take them out, show them a good time, pay bills, like this. Not like they're not looking for like real niggas. Like women used to like niggas with rough hands, change the tire, can fucking. I think Top Wood Wood could fucking rewire some shit or just have some sort of like man skills, pressure wash your dick, whatever the fuck. Um, that's not what they're looking for anymore. They're looking for a nigga who like is willing to to come up off some bread. And that's it. So the problem is, is like I feel like the real nigga gene is passed down from father to son. So you're about to procreate with niggas who aren't real niggas. So they're gonna you're procreating with weak ass niggas, right? Because you have this song talk about I'm your fourth baby mama. Like the first three red flags wasn't nothing, right? So now like you're gonna procreate with a nigga and then like your son's gonna have like weak nigga genes. You know what I'm saying? I got re- real nigga genes for my daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's in him to it was in him to do certain things, like to grind, get the shit done, whatever needs to be done, needs to be done. Like I'm out here, I'm whatever I have to do, I have to do even if I have to do it myself. But, like, you just want to procreate with a nigga who's... Uh, all he has to offer you is, like, making sure your fucking Sprint bill paid. You know what I'm saying? And take you to Delmonico's. And, like, that's really all y'all looking for in a nigga now. And that's cute on Instagram. Like, you gonna, you about to have a child with this type of nigga. Like, this is what your son is going to have in his DNA. And y'all well, need to be careful about that. Like... Y'all, so what happens is you fucking up like the real nigga, like like a fucking a pool of humans. You know what I'm saying? Like, so now you you're about to procreate with a weak ass, a weak ass nigga. Have a weak ass little boy. He gonna pro. He gonna be a weak ass. He gonna grow up to be a weak ass nigga. He gonna procreate and have more weak ass kids. To like the the real nigga gene is is gonna be few and far between. Y'all gotta do better with that now. Yeah. Real niggas not coming off the assembly line nowhere near as frequent as it used to. You see a real nigga and you be like, oh, damn, man. Hey, man. You dap you off, boy. They, don't, they ain't making right. it like they used to. Let me, let me buy you a drink. You, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, But y'all gotta be careful about that, ladies. Like, get you. Don't procreate with these niggas. If you just want to get your bills paid, cool, but don't. But niggas raw. Because you, uh, you don't have a a weak nigga baby. Honestly, because I'm, and you made an excellent point right there. Because even now, I be looking for that shit. Like, there's a little nigga that be, it's my home, the homie's um little boy. But I, I be looking at it funny because this little nigga that likes my daughter is clear. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You're on third grade, ain't shit finna happen. But little niggas be having like cell phones now, so he be trying to call. He like, what's your number? I'm like, he ain't, she ain't got no number. She's fucking eight. Right. I'm her number, you know what I'm right. saying? But she she call my wife. He'll call my wife and be like, "Can I speak to Cinnamon Roll?" I'm like, "Little boy, it's Tuesday." He <laughs> said, "He said he said Cinnamon Roll." No, I'm saying oh, Cinnamon Roll. Okay. No, I, I didn't know if you was. Yeah. Yeah. If he said Cinnamon Roll, all hell would break. Cause I would start breaking shit in this house. <laughs> but um, the little nigga be calling, but he was like, "Cause we're gonna be. They live in Atlanta. We're gonna be up in Atlanta for the homie's wedding." in December and he was like man I got some candy for you I, I like saved some candy for you. and I was like candy 
trying to woo her. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to woo her. Right, but I mean, but that's the mentality, you know what I'm saying? Like, and 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 my little girl, she's like, she's like, you can't. Her her response was, you can't eat too much candy. That's not good for you. You know what I'm saying? Because because uh, she got sense. That's good. But though. that's but that's what they. That's, but that's the same sort of like you know, motherfuckers trying to be like, I got all this money. I'm a, I'm a, I could buy this, that, and the third. Because that's the value's been placed so much on things and transactions. You know what I'm saying? Because there is a loss of real nigga genes. You know what I'm saying? Because that shit be get that shit from your daddy. So I, you have to be mindful of that shit. Even like when, when I have a I have another daughter now, so I'll be looking at shit like, what type of motherfucker you about to bring around? Even now, you know what I'm saying? Like I think about it now because I'm like, because whatever I do has to set some sort of tone in terms of expectations being set. So I have to be mindful of it. I mean, even today. I mean, I think we all think about it in varying degrees, but it's just a concern. Yeah. But you ain't got to take chef's word for it. But okay. Want to be featured on Asking for a Friend? Shoot us an email at with all due respect with a K at gmail.com. If you're asking for a friend is hot enough, it'll be featured on the show. This week's Asking for a Friend, we have Sahar Taylor, author of the book, Let Me Fuck Your Husband. On our Instagram, it says that she is a unicorn slash non-monogamist, free spirit, nudist, and carnival chaser. How you doing, Sahar? Hey. Did I leave anything out? Anything out that you wanted to add? I mean, other than I'm dope as fuck, but I mean, you didn't have to add that. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll let the listeners be the judge of that. Can you can you, uh, can, so. can, can you run down that list of idiosyncrasies one more time, like so I can track that? That was a lot for me to process. All right, so well, we, you know what we we have black and dope as fuck is really what she led with. Then we that's have, what it says because you right, skipped all right. the above things. Hey, I went straight into let me fuck your husband. <laughs> My bad. All right, so we're gonna go into Haitian slash Native American. So. So right. Shep said, "We know she mean. That's what because uh, yeah. of the Haitian part." But no, you, 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 for, you forgot. You forgot the Philly part. The Philly no, part is very. We not uh, there yet. I heard. Uh, I, thought you, I thought you said West Indian and Philly. That too. That's that's what it, it's all of those things. So, it's just a, it's a trifecta strong mixture of the cauldron <laughs> of mean. <laughs> she's a gum. She's a gumbo pot. <laughs> of what, what's yeah. the soup, what's the soup that the Haitians make? Jumo. Mm. Jumo. There it is. Jumo. There it is. He's a super jumbo of meanness. Uh, but lit, uh, from Philly, res- currently residing in, in Atlanta. In Atlanta, but the world is her home. Um, so I guess we we'll jump right into it. Um, I guess we'll start with the title of the book. Let me fuck your husband. What is the book about? 
so the rest of the title is Healing Black Relationships Through Consensual Non-Monogamy. I'm so glad there's so, another part of the title. I'm that awesome. Okay. Yeah, context is good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but most people, when they walk by, they're not going to read the small print. They're going to see Let Me Fuck Your Husband and wonder what that's about. Smart, but um, I'm a non-monogamist, so that's what I enjoy doing. I enjoy fucking people's husbands, their boyfriends, their girlfriends, all of that. All right, so let's... <laughs> Let so when process. did you start this non-monogamy? Like when you um, you never wanted to be tied down. Officially like. official. Um, probably when I entered into my uh, open relationship about six years ago. Um, that relationship is no longer. But since then, I've I haven't turned back from my non-monogamous viewpoint and my desire to not ever be in a monogamous relationship ever again in life. So me writing the book was really to help. Black and brown people understand that there are different ways to relationship besides what you've been taught. Well, it's actually helpful and more effective than a monogamous relationship. So you said your journey started six years ago. What what sparked it? Like, what was the inspiration? Because we to give context, we we've had monogamous like um, polyamorous people on the show before, so. Um, I just want to know your story. Um, I mean, I've always dabbled a little bit with women here and there. I had an attraction to them since like my early 20s, um, but still would think that I was straight. Um, and then as can we can along, we hold on before 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 huh? we get past that. Um, so when you say you were attracted to women, like would you kiss women and still think that you were straight? Because I, I know a lot of women who. I feel like dabble in women, but don't want to refer to themselves as bi. Do you right. think so that's a di- negative there's connotation? There's different levels to a woman's attraction to a woman. You can be bi-curious, bi-friendly, bisexual, or lesbian, right? So I'm bisexual. I enjoy having sex with women, and I want to have sex with women, and I want to have sex with men. So why is it that women are like cocaine like you can dabble you can do a little bit of women right you can do a little coke and still be straight but like niggas you can't dabble in niggas like niggas are like heroin like you like a drug addict if you fuck with niggas like why that's the double standard okay that's the double standard i kind of cover it in my book um but it's all about people's judgmental ways and how they view sex right so a man is not a man cannot enjoy sex with a man and be considered straight and it's unfortunate Right. I don't pass those judgments because I know what it feels like to get fucked in my ass. And so I can understand why another man want to get fucked in his ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. Right. So I'm not going to pass judgment on a man who enjoys that type of sex with another man. So. So. But a lot of people do. And unfortunately, that's just that's just how society sees it. A man who experiences sex, no matter if it's just a kiss. If a man kisses a man, he's gay. But a woman can do all kind of stuff. Eat pussy, put a strap on, fuck a chick, all of that. And she still, if she decides that, okay, now all I want to do is have sex with men, she can go back to being straight. So are you, on, are you on record that Birdman, Birdman and Lil Wayne are gay because they kiss each other in the mouth? 
I am not on record saying that. Okay. All right. I, I didn't want to go back. <laughs> right. I, I, I interrupted your origin story. I do not. Yeah, I, I didn't want to go do back to that. Do you have a son? Do, do any of you have sons? I have, I have two daughters. I have a son. Anybody have a son? I have a son. Do you kiss your son in the mouth? Yes, but I probably wouldn't kiss him in the mouth. Okay, for, but so but I probably wouldn't do it when he's thirty. You or your son gay, so I can't take a relationship and place a sexual connotation to it just because we consider you know a man kissing a man or a male kissing a male you know a sexual act. Okay, well, you, well, you said even, man. I mean, though. I was about to say even to go a step further from that. Even if you have a daughter, I don't think it's anything sexual regarding your kids so it wouldn't matter if, it, if you had a son or a daughter sure. it, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter either way right. alright so we can go back to the origin story I'm sorry I, I just <laughs> I, mar- I interrupted you the Marvel origin story right I'm like Kanye over here don't worry about it alright so you were, you were saying that you always dabble with women go ahead so I dabble with women from time to time but still you know I, I, I've never I still haven't really been in a relationship with a woman but um I didn't necessarily consider myself by anything I just tried you know I just tried this a girl wanted to eat my pussy I let her you know what I'm saying a, a girl wanted me and a, a man that I was with and so I let her eat my pussy so it was just like stuff like that but I wouldn't consider myself bisexual at that time but when I entered into my non-monogamous relationship, when I was in my open relationship <laughs> with my ex, um, it became apparent to me that I actually do enjoy sex with women. I actually desire women. Right. So you you just make it seem like when I entered my non-monogamous relationship with your ex. So when you went into the relationship, were you like, were both y'all like, hey? Like, was he already a part of this lifestyle and he brought you into it? Well, he had never he had never been in a non-monogamous relationship, but a part of his, um, let's say, one of his stipulations in order to be in a relationship was that I needed to be having sex with other men. That was his requirement of you? That was that was his requirement. Why? And was that to provide cloud cover for him messing with other women? No, it's because he knew that he wasn't a one woman man so he couldn't be with a one man woman and I wasn't a one man woman it was just that he went once he brought it to me and kind of like pulled it out into the open I was just like you want me to tell you that I want to have sex with other men I've never been satisfied in relationship fucking one man ever I've done it but as soon as that relationship is over I'm on a whole fucking whole fest (laughs) for all the sex and the, the excitement and the energy that I lacked in that relationship. So in, the, in these relationships, so they're open, right? So you can sleep with whoever you want to sleep with. He can sleep with whoever he wants to sleep with. I don't know the word or the term for it. Help me out, people. What do Is there ever a, a intermingling of the different relationships? Like the men that so, you're with so, or the women, like you all get together. So there are so many different forms of non-monogamous relationships or non-monogamy, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then even with those different levels, there are levels to those levels. So what you're talking about is polyamory, uh-huh. but then these people are paramours, right? So sometimes in, in, in polyamorous relationships, the man and the woman can have other boyfriend and girlfriends that don't know each other. Right. But then you have other situations where everybody knows each other and everybody has sex. That's a quad. So there's so many levels to to every aspect of a non-monogamous relationship. And then it's also relationship dependent. The relationship, the two partners in the relationship come with their own boundaries. They come with their own rules. You know what what me and mine do may not be what you and yours do, even though we consider ourselves the same. So, so I would I would consider myself more of a swinger, right? I I don't think that I'm really interested in polyamory. I'm not interested in loving multiple people at the same time, but I'm not saying that that's not possible. I'm saying that's never been my reality. My reality has only been I love a man and I love watching him fuck other women and I love it when he shares me with other men and I love it when we have group sex and fuck other people who enjoy sharing their partners. So um, I'm not sure of the exact word, but what is kind of like the anchor or the grounding of a relationship? Because I know for a lot of people, um, whatever this is that I'm referring to is like the exclusivity or the commitment that we're only going to just be with each other. That's monogamy. (laughs) Correct. That is Christian belief system that has been imposed upon us in the Western world as the way you're supposed to relationship. Correct. And that's, that's great. But I'm saying like in your, in your setup, what, (laughs) what, what bonds you two together? Like, we're in a relationship because I mean the love because love is not sex the sex that I have with other people is just sex sex is not love the two are not the same I can have unattached detached unemotional sex with anyone and it means absolutely nothing except a good time but the person that I'm building with my lover my mate my partner that's a completely different relationship that's not built on sex sex is not what keeps us together. That's not the glue. Right. I get so what you're saying. When you're dealing with, with a lot of these people, they can't seem to separate the love <laughs> from the sex. So when, when they think about their partner having sex with another person, they feel like they're going to lose something. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether it be man or woman, the man is afraid that she's going to be thinking about this nigga dick. Every time she's, you know, he's fucking her and she's thinking about another man and she's worried about if the other chick is fucking him better than her. Like everybody is living off of fear and their insecurities and not about the happiness of the person that you're with. So when you're in a relationship and you're concerned about the other's happiness, then we're being open and honest about our true desires. We're sharing that with one another and we're trying to figure out how how not to restrict ourselves and create this idea that I only am interested in you. I only have eyes for you. I don't see any other man, no other woman ever again in life. Like it's not even real. It's not even realistic. And that's why 70% of marriages and relationships fail because of infidelity, because people are not content with fucking one person. There's just not. 
So I had a question about that part. So, I mean, because like piggybacking on 5,000, because I think I feel like I I know where you're going with it. So guardrails, like rules of engagement, mm-hmm. taking religion out of it. I mean, because religion was, is a... I mean, that wasn't actually where I was going with it, but... I, I, no, I haven't finished. Uh, I'm about to... I mean, I'm, I'll just... I think well, this is where I'm going with it, then. I'm saying like religion is. I mean, it's just it's rules basically. There's there's rules in place uh, for engagement. There's going to be and then like you said, there are different rules that you have in place, um, even with um, your different types of of, of right. relationships, right? So there's lifestyle etiquette. There's ah. engagement etiquette. There's there's the the boundaries that that guide you and your partner. It's so many levels to it. It's, it's a lot of levels to it, but is that more difficult? Do you work? I, mean, I know you're doing it, but is it does that make it more difficult? I mean, I, I watch. Um, I think the difficulty is just different. the The thing that is alleviated is this idea that I have to pretend like I'm only interested in you sexually, right? Because that's what people get so bent out of shape about. Right. You're with your woman and you see a fat ass. You got to pretend like you don't see it. Right. Because somehow you looking at another fat ass is going to stop. It might not be you specifically, <laughs> but there are a lot of women yeah, right. who would be completely intolerant of their man watching another fat ass walk past the right. table. So. Right. And, and, and the same with men. There are a lot of men who are intolerant of you of a woman, their woman, talking to another man, smiling at another man, being friendly to another man, because somehow he feels like that's sexual. It is. But it doesn't take away from the fact that I love you. So so let me ask you, let's go back to the book for a second, right? So the majority of our listeners are going to be monogamous listeners with with, we we actually have a pretty good percentage of non-monogamous people as well. But take us on a journey like what is going to be in this book? What can a monogamous person take from this book? What can non-monogamous people take from the book? Like take us on the journey, what they can expect from this from this literature. So it's it's an introduction, especially for for black and brown people. Right. Um, As I've, you know, walked through this journey in a non-monogamous lifestyle, um, we're few and far between unless it's black week or a black event. Right. Besides that, it's mostly white people. So if you go to hedonism in Jamaica, it's all white people, unless it's black week, you might get the little speckle of black, like the little black speck in the grits. Like what the fuck, you know, is that doing in there? Like it'd be that amount of black people. And it's like, why? Where are they? And then as I've traveled more and engaged more in the lifestyle, I realized that we are doing this shit. We just do it in privacy. So black people lifestyle in private, right? So they have their own little sets at their homes. They bring people over. They do that. But they won't go to a place like hedonism and just let it all hang out. So the purpose of the book really is to, one, introduce the lifestyle to people who may be, you know, intrigued a little bit about the idea of not just being in this one type of relationship. It's also for people who are already in non-monogamous relationships that still struggle with the problems that come with non-monogamous relationships, the insecurity, the jealousy, the wanting to be the top bitch. 
you know, the, 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 the men who don't think that a woman's pleasure is as important as his, that double standard still exists. So it's, it's, it's a lot. On top of that, it's also me sharing my journey through the lifestyle, my experiences, you know, with sex and having sex with different couples and how those experiences have changed me. So at the very least, let's say I am monogamous and I have no intention of being non-monogamous. At very least, in this book will be some kinky stories of non-monogamy. Okay. So, and any any tips in here, you know what I'm saying, that even a monogamous person can take away, you know what I'm saying, on how to please a woman, please your man, however, you know what I'm saying, are there tips in the book as well? You know, I mean, the the tips are more about, um, about, you know, self-actualization. You know, there there are no tips in the book to tell you how to suck a dick. No, (laughs) you can't suck a dick. That's your business. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not the purpose of the book. But in the book, I do teach women about and and men about self-actualization, like being in a space where you're comfortable about who you are and not thinking that just because your mate is interested in whatever form and fashion in another person, that that somehow takes away from the love and desire that he has for you or she has for you. So you touched on something earlier and um, somewhat like uh, you said you like to be with a man that's not afraid to share his woman, right? Mm-hmm. So like the man that you're with, they have to be all right with sharing you with other men. That, For sure. Yes, yes, no. Okay. For sure. I would I would never be in a relationship with a man who's not okay with a full swap situation. Okay. Full swap. Hold, wait, hold. The, what's the difference between a full swap and a half swap? That's it's the thing? a full swap and a soft swap. I'm sorry, what? Why, why, why is it a hard swap and a, and a soft swap? So a full swap is when both male and female partners have sex with both male and females. Now, he doesn't necessarily have sex with the males unless he's bisexual. Right. And that's not typical. That's not the typical setup. And that's another thing that I kind of bring up in the book is I'm kind of speaking to the typical setup of black people who are in the lifestyle. Typically, the male is not bi, but I know quite a few who are and people just don't know. Right. However, a is a male and a female who are swapping with another male and a female. Right. So, so. A soft swap is there's no penetration. There's no penetration by either male or either female that's not in a relationship. So if I'm with my man and she's with her man, she could suck my man's dick, but he can't penetrate her. He could lick her pussy, but he can't penetrate her. That's kind of erotic. That's kind of that's kind of straight a little bit. But okay, uh, is there a glossary yeah. in the back of this book? Because I need. So so how do, how does the these terms? Yeah, I, I, I need to go back to the full these swap. Terms are also in the book. Yeah, I need okay. to go back to the full swap. So how does that work? Like, do y'all like meet on a bridge and exchange hostages? And you got twenty four hours. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. I didn't know if you had like forty eight hours to consummate the swap. Like you know, no, was, like saw everybody like, at the crib right. coming over in about thirty minutes. <laughs> um, they are not a full swap couple. She does not have sex with men. 
but he has sex with other women. So in a full swap situation, you do it immediately? Like, we come over for game night, we get the full swap out the way. (laughs) It's it's whenever the fuck fucking happens. Fucking happens when it happens. There's no, like, time frame. We can only spend 10 minutes. You fuck when you fuck. So, So we've agreed to a full swap. And basically, I get like a token or like a chip. And we may not do it today, but you owe me one on this full swap, right? Is that what's going on? It's like a token? No, I don't think you, she said you, you that. You ask questions. You, you gain an understanding about, you just ask a person how they play. And you, when I have you a ask question. them how they play, they will let you know whether or not the woman is fucking other men. Because that's really the question. Is your man fucking other men? Hmm. And if she's fucking other women, then other men, then it's a full swap couple. So you have another, you have a couple coming over tonight. This sounds like some sort of therapy session. Is does it? Uh, I mean, therapy. Is it? I've never been to therapy. I mean, is this what therapy is like? <laughs> How does that? So for for me, what I found is that you know different forms of non monogamous relationships actually help bond partners together. Now, when I was in my relationship with my ex, I enjoyed the sharing part more than I enjoyed having sex without him being a part of it. I wanted to watch him fuck another woman. I wanted to lick her pussy while he fucks her. I wanted to share in that experience. I was less interested in fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry, right? Because that's easy. I can fuck any man. Like, that's not a problem. The problem is finding compatible couples, man and woman, that we can bond with and share those sexual experiences with. So you like to go out and, like, turn chicks out, you know, your man, like, hey, let's go to the club and see if we can get it cracking. That's okay. She's making a face. If she likes this, then she's going to come back. Right. So um, you refer to yourself as a unicorn. And I don't know if you mean it in the like fantasy sense or in the real life. Like, hey, I have sex with couples unicorn or maybe Mm -hmm. it's a double entendre. So say (laughs) for shits and giggles, I'm in a relationship. Right. And we're looking for a unicorn. How does one. Is this actual or is this hypothetical? Hypothetical. Uh, it's, I mean, hypothetical. That's what I meant. No, I say, put, put some bass in it. Put some bass in it. Yeah. <laughs> rhetorical, however you want to No, no. Yeah, no, no. So, no, uh, just in general. general. Uh, so, how does one find um, like a unicorn? Like, is because I've seen, like you said, I've, they have like uh, swingers weekends in New Orleans sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's, like you said, 90. Five percent white, uh, and then like five percent black, and then out of five percent black, it'd be like two percent attractive. One point two percent attractive. Where, right? Where do the attractive sounds horrible? Is that a stat thing? But that's what it seems like. I'm saying, where do the attractive swingers and polyamory people go to find other people? So this really it was the catalyst for me writing this book. Um, because I'm tired of that ratio, right? Where I go or attend an event and me and the guy that I'm with, we the hottest thing smoking. Everybody want to fuck us and we don't want to fuck nobody. Or we want to fuck that one couple over there, right? So what I found is that because, again, Black people tend to poly in private, 
Um, they assume that these events are for white folks, so they don't even attend. They don't even try to attend. Um, And so what I did was not just write the book, but created the Black Swingers Society or the Black Swingers Retreat, which is only it's a it's a private club that is exclusively for attractive swingers. Exclusive. Wow. Wait. So who is there like a panel? It is. And you hold up numbers like eight. Right. Point five. Basically, I gotta wait. I gotta wait. Well, hey. so, so what's the scale? So so what's the floor? Um, what's the floor to get in? So, so weight weight really isn't necessarily the issue. Is how the weight sits, right? So you know if you if you know anything, I'm a nurse. So when you look at the BMI scale, the BMI scale is not actual to who's overweight and who isn't, especially when you're talking to a full grown woman and a full grown man, because it does not consider muscle mass, right? So you talk about a woman who is heavy. Now you can have a woman who is 200 and say 10 pounds, but it's all ass and titties and legs. Yeah. Be cool. So, right. so if she's 210 pounds and her belly hanging down to her knees. Well, you yeah, got to so, so in, in order, in order to save y'all some time and paperwork and applications, like what's the floor to get into the, the bad, the bad bitch swinging society like, like, is this seven? Some people go on a like on a join, and we need and we do, they need to know they can't join. Yeah, because if, <laughs> if, 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 if the floor is seven, seven and a half, you don't need five cinder bin paperwork. It's open. It's open for and it's blackswingersretreat.com. It's open for anyone to apply, but membership is not guaranteed. There you go. Man, it's like Yale. You know that you got in. <laughs> it's like MIT. Nigga, anybody can apply. It's, Anybody can apply, but you'll know when you get kidnapped and you end up in the warehouse. But there's so we talking sixes, like sixes, and I mean a six is generally attractive. I would think, right? Can we agree so, on that? So again, what what you think is a six may not be what me and my panel think is a six. So we'll be the judge of that. So that sounds like it's eight, eight eights and up. Cause y'all don't seem it's, like y'all grade low. That's fine. Y'all don't seem like y'all grade low. You need an eight and up black swingers. Because it's really a couples, a couples uh, society, a couples club, right? Because it's really couples who care about this. It's not really the single people, right? Now I'm single, but I care about this because when I was a couple, I knew what was lacking. Right. So I saw that there was something that was lacking and I chose to capitalize off that lack. Right. Couples can vary. And this is basically, you know, in the book, I talk about the level of fuckability. Right. There's a fuckability scale. It's from zero to ten. And depending on where you fall on this level of fuckability, not just you, but your partner as well. So say, for instance, like you're saying, a woman is a six. Her man can't be a five. That nigga needs to be an eight in order to carry them. <laughs> a balance. Right. A, a collective seven. Right. Be a collective seven. Somebody got to do something. You need to average sevens. out. Right. You got to average out. It can't be two fives. Right. What if it's like a 10 and a three? It's not happening. And you want to keep a five and a nine? Because you find that a lot. Right. Where it's a sexy ass woman and her dude is like, where, where? But that bitch is a nine. They can come. Okay. You feel me? I, I got a question there. Um, Cause, you know, anyway. So 
you you had you you were in a relationship. Why do you have a pencil out? Are you taking notes? No, I'm, I'm using I'm it. Taking to, a scantron. <laughs> but so, what <laughs> happened in that relationship? It, what it, happened? It's oh, wow. really a number two yeah. pencil. <laughs> yeah, because it seems like the situation. I think it seems like those type of relationships would be the type that last longer than most, just because of the nature of it. Because, like I explained to you, there are still boundaries that have to be respected. Now, full disclosure, that was my both of our very first non-monogamous relationship. Neither one of us had the experience of sharing a person that we're in love with. Right. And so the boundaries that we created in the beginning of our relationship actually destroyed our relationship because the boundaries that we created were really based on our insecurities. It had nothing to do with our happiness. Now, me, six years later, I can say that. But at that time, when the boundaries were overstepped and, you know, someone wasn't willing to acknowledge that the rules have been broken, it's intolerable. It's unacceptable. Right. Because I need to be able to trust you. Trust in these relationships are even more pertinent than in a monogamous relationship. Right. Because I need to trust that when you're having sex with another person that you're using protection, I need to, you know, trust that you are abiding by the rules that we set in place, whatever they may be. Right. But again, the rules that we set up for one another as novices in non-monogamous relationship really did not benefit our happiness whatsoever. But this is hindsight me talking. This is, you know, hindsight is 2020 me talking, right? Um, The kind of restrictions that we placed upon each other then, I would never agree to those things now. All right, so we could talk to you all night, but you know you got uh, niggas coming over. I got a hot uh, date, right? You got a hot. Date. I want to buy a book just for the fuckability scale. I think so, that's awesome. We need to make our own, uh, with all due respect, fuckability scale. Now that I think about it. Uh, damn. So put a pin so in that. Before you leave, uh, maybe two things. So have you ever? So pegging has been this thing that's come up uh, recently in the black community. Have you uh, ever pegged a nigga or is that something that you're not into? No, I have. And that turned you on? Yes. You hesitated. Are you sure? Because I was going to give you a long answer. Like, oh, give us I, a long answer. No, we got to listen. Right, right. Turned on when my sexual partners are extremely turned on. So if what I'm doing or what we're doing Got your motherfucking dick hard as a rock, nigga. I'm with it. That's just kind of where I am now. You know what I'm saying? So pegging, none of that shit matters to me. Like I'm not gonna judge a man. Now I've never put on a full on strap on and fucked a dude. No. Am I against it? No. Right? Yeah. I fingered. I applied some fingers and some pressure and. But I've never like full on put on a strap on and fucked the dude. No. All right. Two more questions. What would you say was your, um, I guess, best poly, not poly, non monogamous sexual experience? There's no such thing as that. It's not a. It's not no, one that sticks I, out. Well, what one that sticks out? I orchestrate 
15 people orgies. I don't... Can you tell us about these 15 people orgies? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, what? Saying, like, there's... Every, every, every situation has its own value. So I don't look at it like, this is my best experience. No. I mean, I've, I orchestrate anywhere from four people orgies up to fucking 20 people if necessary. What do you mean by orchestrate? Like, like oh, I'm a orchestrator. O R G straighter. You feel or, me? Okay. I will turn any situation with some attractive people into an orgy. Quick. Quick. All right. We're well, not we're not allowed to have conversations like this before the show anymore, fellas. We gotta make sure we get the right order in the future. Right. Yeah, because it's gonna be a bad <laughs> rest of the podcast. We're gonna get into the podcast Right. And, uh, and last question, we um we always ask all our um all our guests if you know moms, sisters, uh pastors, nuns, what are the top three porn categories? What are yours? Uh men having sex with men. You ask, nigga. Don't not, not listen. Whatever, judge whatever, 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 whatever. No, no, we are sex positive on this show. Let's. We are. I just wasn't expecting to hear that. Yeah, and not first, but yeah. Okay. Oh, so men having sex with men. Uh, men. Hold on. Why? Men. Why does that? Let me ask you, because a lot of a lot of women like to watch that. Why is that? It's the intensity for me. Okay. All right, go ahead. When a man fucks another man, right. the shit is powerful. Like no pun intended. Exactly. <laughs> All right, what's number two? Three. Uh, two would be uh men with really big dicks fucking any type of hole. Okay. And then after that would be women pleasing women, but only attractive people. I cannot watch ugly people fucking. Oh, I thought there was and, a filter for that. Like, cause they're that, and then they need like a seven and up filter. That'd be kind of sweet. But uh, okay, those are good yeah, categories. I can't do it. Well, uh, so go ahead and plug your wares. This is the the part where you get to talk about what you want to talk about. I see you have a tour coming up, different cities. Your book. I where can we buy it? Cities. Uh, from Atlanta is where we're starting. Then we hit Philly, New York, DC. We go to. Uh, Charlotte, Alabama, we go to Houston, Tampa, Miami, LA. So we're just going to kind of tour around and just get people to converse about non-monogamy, right? Because more people are interested in non-monogamy than they let on. When I talk about this book, when I mention a book, people are like, give me a copy of that book, right? And these are Christian. These are people who are married. These are people who would never let anybody have sex with their man or their woman, but they want to read this book. Right. Right. So it's really just about having a conversation and letting people know that there's other ways to conduct a relationship. Most people are not happy in monogamous relationships. Most men, I can, I can go around and ask the four of you, I probably wouldn't get a, a, a real answer because we're on the air. But in private settings, when I sit down and I talk to women who are in relationships with men, the majority of them want to have sex with other men. But well, no, you- they could never tell their man that they wanted to fuck another dick. Right. You done turned Chef out. He over here smoking a black. I ain't seen the nigga smoke a black and, and, and he lit it with 272 episodes. And he lit it with a match. 
Not a lighter, a match. Where'd you even get a match from? And then he leaned back. Well, we appreciate and you. We want to have you back on because yeah. we have. So yeah, yeah. you're. The last one we had wasn't a real one. She 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 was doing yeah, it. That's, that's, that's cold blooded. I thought she was real because it's not the same. I felt it. I like I like that pants. Like, I'm not going. She cold about it. Yes, you got one. You got time for one more quick question? Because I'm not in the rest. These people. Let me look at my text messages. Hold on. Yeah, check. check it out. We got the dope. Right. But while, but while you're doing that, I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to um, understand how the non-monogamous part of the relationship segues into another uh, big debate and topic that's raging all across the internet right now about who pays for what, who should pay all the bills, and those things. Like, because a lot of times I think the monogamous piece comes in because of like those shared responsibilities financially and otherwise I I don't know but I feel like a lot of people be like oh well I'm paying all the bills this motherfucker better not be fucking nobody more so than just I don't know mm-hmm. somebody yeah. fucking somebody so how, how does that work generally like if you have some we splitting that. the pussy. We splitting the bills <laughs> me and Ray you let Ray fuck that's what it sounds that's that's what what? Sound like I mean, that's a good question. Again, that's that's person and relationship specific. Um, no man is gonna control what the fuck I do. I got my own money. I pay my own bills. I do what the fuck I want to do with this here pussy. You feel me? In a relationship situation, I would never be in a relationship with a man who felt like because he was buying dinner that he had the right to tell me what I could and could not do with my pussy. So the problem isn't that the idea of the fact that a man is paying the bills that he owns the pussy exists. It's the fact that women allow that man the power to say that. Women are the problem because they allow a man to dictate what they can and cannot do with their bodies because they are entitled because they're paying all the fucking bills. So women need to step up Stop looking for a man to pay for their shit and they can control more of their lives. Period. True. Yeah, it was just interesting because I saw a meme yesterday and to paraphrase, it was basically like, so I'm supposed to pursue you to prove to you that I'm worthy of paying all your bills. (laughs) And so I was just kind of curious how that part was. I mean, a lot of that, you know, when you start getting into the norms, um, you know, societal norms where the man is typically the the breadwinner, and that shit is a moot point at this point. You know what I'm saying? A man being a breadwinner in my life has been a very long fucking time since that has ever existed. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the case for a lot of women who are out here doing a damn thing. And so then you have people like Kevin Samuels basically telling us that we aren't worthy because all we care about is our careers and our monies and no man really cares about that. All he cares about is an attractive woman who can fucking have babies and stay at home and make sure that the home is okay. So if you're the kind of woman that cares about that thing, do your thing, boo. Let these men take care of you. I don't need a man to take care of me in order for me to have the kind of life that I want. I provide that life for myself. So a man coming into my life, he got to at least be able to fucking provide for himself the way I provide for myself. And then we could talk. Then we could chat. Chat. <laughs> chat and talk at the same time. <laughs> you, from, you from Philly. It's all right. You get, we give grace here. Um, 
But again, so how can people find the book? So right now the book is on Amazon. It's Let Me Fuck Your Husband or Sahar Taylor. You put either of those in Amazon. It'll take you directly to my book. Right now it's available in paperback and in Kindle. Um, Spell Sahar for us. It doesn't drop until December 16th. So right now we're just in pre-order phase. Books will start to be shipped in on December 16th. It's actually my birthday and the day that the book tour starts here in Atlanta. So, so. you're a Scorpio? I am a Sagittarius. You are the okay. wrong S, sir. Fire sign. I could have guessed that. Scorpio. Fuck no, I know Scorpio. I'm close. Oh. Scorpio don't even know what the fuck none of this is up over here. Spell Sahar for the people at home. S-A-H-A-R Taylor. And that's with an A-Y. That's with an A-Y, right. L-O-R. Yeah. All right. And did you want people to follow you on? Do you want people to follow you on Instagram? Yeah, dope ass unicorn. That's how you will find me on Instagram. Dope ass unicorn. Because that's that's what everybody's gonna say, man. What she look like, or what she look like? Because everybody want to know. Because like I said, most of the most of these uh poly poly folk ain't that cute. That's not true. No, I mean, I thought y'all said it was like one point five percent. You you said that. What I told you was when you go to these events, that is the assumption that you leave with. Right. But as I've traveled, I realize that it's not that the attractive lifestyles don't exist. It's just that they don't go to these bigger events that are predominantly occupied by white folks. Right. So what I'm saying is the people that we've seen haven't been that attractive, but dope ass unicorn. I just I have not. But. You know, yes. you gonna get the I'm, invite, dog. You gonna pass, dog. Chef, <laughs> you know, right? I'm about, to, I'm about to apply just to see if I can get into the damn club. <laughs> Shit, chef, 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 been trying to pick me out on this podcast for ever since I got divorced, man. I don't know why you think, because, because I care about you, dog. Are you divorced, J. John, J. Joe? J. Joe, yeah, I am. Jay John is a is a hell of a uh, alternate Jay lifestyle John name. Jay John, hey, that's my alternate <laughs> lifestyle name. Yeah, I think start referring to me as Jay John. <laughs> oh, All right, well, we really appreciate you coming on the show. We we definitely will have you back. Uh, we might have you back next week to see how this uh, couples retreat you doing at your house this tonight. Uh, right. It's not a couples retreat, it's right? Like a- it's right. just a hookup. We just it's, it's Wednesday, dog. I know, but you got to give it a day. Wednesday. Yeah, I like. Yeah. Why Wednesdays at Sahars? All right. <laughs> well. All right, fellas. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll to you. get back with you. All right. All right. Bye. Bye bye. You've rocked with us this far in the podcast. Obviously, you like something. Go ahead, visit Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Show your love, show your support. We love providing quality content for you guys. We do it absolutely free of charge. We do it out the kindness of our heart. But the way that you increase our footprint, increase the popularity of this podcast is to support. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And as always, if your shit is hot enough, it just might be on the show. Now, for the with all due respects. Drunk, 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 drunk. Make sure. Was it about fam? You homecoming? Was it about fam? You homecoming? Oh, hold on. I almost got it. Fam, you homecoming. Fam, you homecoming. Fam, you homecoming. Did you meet um, Shay at the dinner? Oh, yeah. I told her to. I mean, I had her go to dinner. She was on a podcast. Huh?
Huh? Shade, Shaylin. Oh, I thought you said did Jimmy shade the dinner? No, did Jason meet Shaylin at the dinner? I know you already know her. Uh, I met everybody at the dinner, but I was you know, a little drunk, so I probably didn't remember her. Got it. Uh, what was it? I just saw it. Fuck. It wasn't Big Draw's energy. Um, fuck, 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 fuck. Damn it. It was. Take a minute. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's. I got it. Meet his running boss whenever you're ready. All right. With all due respect, uh, if you keep doing the same thing, you're always going to get the same result. Um, Life is all about connections. Uh, This past Sunday, man, I, um, well, I've been ripping and running for like the last few weeks between homecoming, Halloween, um, just been doing shit every week and really didn't have a chance to like really rest. Uh, but some people came in town for um, Xavier Homecoming. They came in town for Saints Falcons. Um, the whole weekend, I was like, man, I probably just, I just wanted to chill. But I made myself go out. And I know niggas are like, oh, J. Joe always go out. No, nigga, sometimes I just really wanted to chill. Uh, I really want to chill. But I'll just fast forward to like Sunday. Uh, one of the homies was in town for the Saints Falcons game. Uh, I wanted to go, um, but I didn't have tickets. Uh, homie was in town. He didn't have tickets, but he was like, "Man, I'm just gonna go to a little tailgate outside, chill, blah blah blah." Again, I've been kicking it for Xavier Homecoming like a couple days in a row, but I was like, you know what, fucking, I'm just gonna go out there. End up going out there. Uh, one of his partners uh, ended up having like some cheap seats or something in his phone, or he knew the lady at the the fucking uh, door that was checking tickets. We got in. That was the first step. You know what I'm saying? Ended up asking one of the homies to like screenshot their tickets. They were on the lower level. We ended up going down there. Ended up uh, getting some sweet ass seats because you know niggas didn't show up, and we just sat there on some like you know. We do this type shit and um, ended up having a great time. And I would have missed all that shit if I would have just been like, I'm just going to stay in the house and watch BMF. So I'm going to let y'all know, man, life is all about getting out there and doing something different. Um, And, you know, if you keep doing the same shit, you're going to keep getting the same result with all due respect. With all due respect, um, to piggyback off of J. Joe to kind of transition. If you continue to do what you've always done, you'll continue to get what you've always gotten. And the podcast, this is episode 150, and we've continued to do what we've always done, which is provide, you know, authentic content, content that people can relate to. There are a lot of podcasters, you know, a lot of things that you can listen to, a lot of things that you can watch out there. We're competing for 
clicks were competing for listens, we're competing for eyeballs, you know what I'm saying? And there are a lot of people that do rock with us. And we do say all the time, if you've been rocking with us this far in the podcast, a lot of people have been rocking with us this far in the podcast. 150 episodes is no small feat, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is three, four years of content, right? Our audience continues to grow. Our listenership continues to grow. It went beyond our circle of friends, you know, kind of our immediate circle to our FAMU circles to people we don't even know, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, the podcast has certainly grown, you know. It's a big deal to us. It becomes more and more of a big deal because it's a thing. It's not just something that we do now. It's actually a thing. You know, and here's to another 150, 300, 450 episodes of us continuing to do what we've always done. So hopefully we can continue to get what we've always gotten, which is love and respect from the people. So we'll continue to be the people's podcast as long as the people listen with all due respect. With all due respect, um, I was reading like a status online. I don't recall what it was about. And there was a debate going on, but it got to a point where somebody... Uh, express their viewpoint and then somebody else was like oh I thought you meant something opposite of what they meant but the point of that is that um, I probably said it on here before but I believe that words matter because different words have different meanings and different connotations and what I took from that interaction that I stumbled across on Facebook is that the person had very clearly said what they meant but the person obviously didn't understand what the word meant so therefore because they didn't understand the word choice of the other person then it like changed the whole point of their thought so I think it's very important that we kind of understand and don't purposefully or maybe sometimes it's not on purpose you just don't know what a word means but like we misinterpret people and we miss and it like kind of led to a back and forth exchange because this person attacked their viewpoint when really they weren't even saying what they were being accused of saying and so um you know we should broaden our horizons and broaden our vocabulary everything is so abbreviated now and slang and you know all of this stuff we do but Clear communication and concise communication is very important in all facets of life, not just relationships, but even at work. Like, one wrong word could fuck up a million-dollar contract or something, you know? So, um, it I think it's never too late to stop learning. I actually believe that when you no longer have the capacity to learn, you die. But um, words matter. Words are important. And if you don't understand what a word means, just look that shit up like, I think I was either reading a word or there was a word I wanted to use. And so I asked Siri to um, define the word so I could make sure I understood what was going on. And there's no harm in that. Like, we have all this shit at our fingertips now. It's not like going and getting a fucking encyclopedia dictionary off the shelf and finding that shit on page 1200. Like, (laughs) it's really quite simple and we should just strive to do better with all due respect. With all due respect, um, I did miss homecoming this year, um, obviously for greater reasons, but I, I spent some time in Atlanta um, for work. And while I was there, I got the opportunity to connect with um, some old friends, you know, um, from fam that live in Atlanta. I haven't seen in, in, I mean, 
one of them I haven't seen in years, um, really because of the, the pandemic. Uh, she's had a child since I've seen her. Uh, she's about to get married. Uh, so we spent time together. Um, I saw uh, another good friend. Um, I saw him maybe a few months ago, but, you know, when it was during the, the Miami weekend game. Everybody's out and about, and you really can't just sit and connect with people. Um, and that's what I like about homecoming, that you have the opportunity to have, like, at least conversations with people just to see how they are, see them flourish, and, and know that they're really doing well and being and continuing to be blessed. So I was grateful for that time, um, and I'm grateful for knowing that you all are okay. I, I'm grateful that, to know that everyone is continuing to flourish and and drink their water and, like, to J. Joe's point, eating their pineapples and just doing all the, the good things they need to do in order to to live and thrive, even though it's been, like, a crazy time that we've been in. Like, living through the, this pandemic shit and surviving it, despite all the stuff that you had to deal with mentally, um, having to deal with kids that had to adjust through some bullshit, um, just in all the stress and, and, and depression and angst that go along with that, it's impressive to see y'all. It's impressive to see that you all are are still strong enough to deal with all the fuck shit and still have a smile on your face and still have things uh, worthy of celebrating. So I want to give a shout out to my friends I saw. I want to give a shout out to the people I didn't see because I know you all are doing really good. Um, I'm happy for y'all. With all due respect. <laughs>